The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Welcome, friend, to Grace in Focus, this radio program and podcast from the Grace Evangelical Society. Today, our experts are Dr. Bob Wilkin and Catherine Wright, and they answer a question about faith. What is the substance, or you might say the essence of faith? If someone says, believe in Jesus, what does this really mean? What is propositional faith, and why is it important? When Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 talks about a gift, what is the gift? Lots of great questions we'll cover today, and we're glad that you're with us. Be sure and visit our website, faithalone.org, or if you want to contact us, our email is radio at faithalone.org. Now to today's discussion, Bob and Catherine. Welcome to Grace and Focus. I think you've got a question for us, Catherine. Is that right? I sure do, Bob, from Alex. And the question is regarding faith. What exactly does it mean to believe in Jesus, faith in Jesus? What is the biblical definition of faith? And what would it mean to believe a person like Jesus is true? Just believe he existed or that everything he said was 100% true? So what does it mean to believe or have faith in Jesus. Okay. I really like this question, Alex. Thank you for raising it. First of all, Gordon Clark, Christian philosopher and apologist, wrote a book called Faith and Saving Faith. And he showed in that book that all faith is propositional. So for example, if I say tree, that's neither true nor false. I could say a tree is an animal. That would be false. A tree as a plant would be true. I can say the word or the name Jesus, but that's neither true nor false. Mm -hmm. If I said Jesus was a sinner, that would be false. If I said Jesus is the second member of the Trinity, that would be true. And so all statements that are propositional, all full statements are either true or false. But now something like the expression Faith in Christ is not a proposition. Faith in Christ needs to be understood in a biblical context. Mm-hmm. Now, what did Alex say? Does this mean believing that Jesus existed? or Right, or that everything he said was 100% true? First of all, based on the Gospel of John, when Jesus talks about he who believes in me, or for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him... Mm-hmm. Believing in me, believing in him, those expressions are defined in the Gospel of John as believing in Jesus for what he promises, which is everlasting life. Right. And a good place you can see this is John 3.16. Mm-hmm. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but has everlasting life. Now, that statement is a proposition. Right. And it's either true or false. If you believe it's false, then what you're saying is, no, believing in Jesus does not guarantee you won't perish, and it does not guarantee you have everlasting life that can never be lost. Mm -hmm. So to believe in Jesus in the sense of John 3.16 is to believe, some people call it this way, you believe in him as your savior. The problem with that is it's kind of vague, right? Right. It is very vague. And I was also thinking about in John 11, when the Lord says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Right. He who believes in me, though they may die, they shall live. Right. And he who lives and believes in me shall never die. Right. It's very definitive, right? He's saying, here's the content. And then he even asks Martha, do you believe that? You know, so it's not just this abstract, believe in me. 
dot, dot, dot. That's a good point. John eleven twenty five to 27. Twice he says he believes in me, though he may die. Mm-hmm. And he who lives and believes in me. Mm-hmm. And then he says, do you believe this, right. which is... Not exactly, do you believe in me, but he's saying, do you believe what I'm saying? What I'm offering. Yeah. Yeah, I'm offering life to you. And then her answer is interesting. She could say, let's just take the first part of verse 26. He who lives and believes in me shall never die. She could say, yes, Lord, Mm -hmm. I believe that whoever lives and believes in you will never die. Mm -hmm. Instead, she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. I suggest that she was explaining why she knew what he said was true. Yeah. Because the Messiah guarantees that to all who believe in him. And so he talks about believing in me. She talks about believing that, pastuo ace and pastuo hati, mm-hmm. and point. they're equated in this passage. Yeah. When we're talking about evangelizing, if we just say believe in Jesus, that's so abstract. There's no... What is the unbeliever going to think about that? Believe what? What is it that I need to understand about him? If I just said, believe Bob or believe in Catherine, we would all be like, well, what about Catherine? What, you know, what is it that you're saying that that sentence doesn't make any sense? And I call that like a Monet painting, right? It sounds really nice and it's very, you know, but it's fuzzy and it's it's very unclear. (laughs) It's out of focus. It's out of focus. And so, you know, it's like the water lilies. It's just, we've got to give the unbeliever a clear, definitive, what is Christ offering them? And it's not just this abstract believe in Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. You can't believe John 3.16 and believe that those who believe in Jesus will go to hell unless they persevere in faith and good works. Mm -hmm. Because that's not what John 3.16 says. Another example, I think, Catherine, would be John 4.10. I really like this one. I heard a message that Bob Bryant gave on this, and it was based on a message that Zane Hodges had given years ago. They both pointed out in this verse, when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, he said, if you knew the gift of God... One, right. and two, who it is who says to you, give me a drink, because mm-hmm. Jesus was asking her for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. What he's saying is this is the big reversal. I was asking you for water, but I'm not here for that. I'm here to give you water, yep. and it's a special living water. Well, he said two things. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that speaks to you. So to believe in Jesus is to believe in him for the gift of God. And that's the way the conversation with the woman at the well develops. Because in verse 14, he says that this living water springs up into a person who drinks it into everlasting life. Well, she gets the fact that it's eternal. She just doesn't get the fact he's talking spiritual. So she says, well, give me that water so I don't have to come here to draw anymore. She's like, wow, that'd be cool. I don't need any more (laughs) water to drink the rest of my life. So finally, she gets that he's talking about everlasting life, Mm -hmm. that he's talking about believing in him, but she still doesn't know who it is that says to you. So there's this kind of funny, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well? And then, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Mm -hmm. And then we know that Messiah is coming. At that point, she's asking, are you the Messiah? And that's when he says, I who speak to you am he. Mm -hmm. That's when he gives her the living water. What's happened is... To believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, according to John eleven twenty five to 27, or going back to John four ten and following, is to believe that he guarantees everlasting life that can never be lost mm-hmm. to all who just believe in him for that. In fact, Paul said in uh, 1 Timothy 1, 16, and you and I have talked about it, 
I'm an example of those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Yeah. I think also maybe you can speak on this idea of what is the gift? Because sometimes I think it's framed that Jesus is the gift. Yeah. I mean, he is in a sense a gift. Mm Mm-hmm. But he explains in verse 14, the gift is everlasting life. Yeah. And Paul does the same thing, by the way, in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, right? For by grace, you've been saved through faith and that and all of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not mm-hmm. of works, let's anyone should both. I remember I wrote on this and I had some leading exegete or theologian criticize me because they said it doesn't say anything about everlasting life in Ephesians 2, 8. It talks about salvation. And I'm thinking, how can you be a New Testament scholar and not recognize that three verses before Paul said, you who are dead, he made alive, parentheses, by grace, you've been saved. Well, saved is defined there as being made alive. That is regenerated. Mm -hmm. Well, another name for regeneration is being given everlasting life. Mm -hmm. So there's no question Ephesians 2.8 isn't talking about some generic we don't know what it is, salvation. Right. It's talking specifically about having everlasting life. And that is the gift. So to believe in Jesus is not to simply believe that he existed. And it's not to believe everything he said, because none of us believes everything he said, because we don't yeah. understand everything he said. And what's required to be born again is something specific he said is true. Mm-hmm. John three sixteen, John 5, 24, John 6, 47. The connecting things are we need to believe in a person, Jesus, for what he promises, everlasting life, or sometimes it's stated what won't happen. Mm -hmm. Never hunger, never thirst, never die, never perish, will never be cast out. No one can pluck you from my hand. Mm -hmm. But they're all statements of irrevocability. So we have one more question from one of our Zambian students. 1 John 5, 16 If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin, which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin, not leading to death. There is sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. And the question is, what is the death here? What most commentators and pastors have come to calling this is the sin unto death, sin that leads to death. We know from Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death, and a lot of people don't understand that that's saying that the reason we die physically is Mm -hmm. because we're sinners. All of us die. Unless the rapture occurs in our lifetime, except for Enoch and Elijah, everybody dies because they're sinners. This verse is not talking about just dying someday. This is talking about premature death. Mm -hmm. There's lots of New Testament examples. For example, in Acts 5, Ananias and Sapphira, they lie, Mm -hmm. trying to impress people at how much they were giving. And so as a result, they die on the scene. That was sin unto death. Or 1 Corinthians 11.30. Corinthians are getting drunk at the Lord's Supper, and he says, For this reason, some of you are sick and some sleep. And sleep there is a reference to the death of believers. Yeah. You also have James five nineteen and 20. That's mm-hmm. also talking about the sin unto death. And you also have Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus 10, where they offer up strange fire and they're struck down. That's the sin unto death. There's lots of cases where sin leads to premature, very sudden death. Mm-hmm. But not all sin is like that. And even the sin unto death typically is not, okay, You commit this sin and you die instantly, like in Acts 5 or Leviticus 10. But often it's more 
something that's put you on that path, and if you do not repent, you'll die within the next... It's bleeding to Right. Die. The fact that God gives eternal life as a free gift doesn't mean we have a pass to do any old thing and reap no consequences. Mm-hmm. How we live matters. All right. Well, thank you, Catherine, and thank you all for joining us, and let's keep grace in focus. Thank you both for that great discussion. Are you interested in finding other Free Grace believers just like yourself in your area? Well, you can do that by going to our website, faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our website, we have a church tracker. It's an easy-to-use map that will help you locate those other Free Grace churches that might be in your area. So come visit us at the website and take advantage of our free church tracker. It's at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. There are a lot of costs involved in staying on the air. That's why we so much appreciate our financial partners. If you'd like to learn how to become one, you can find out more by going to faithalone.org. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question, comment, or some feedback. If you do, please don't hesitate to send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next Grace and Focus program, we'll look at the question, what is the difference in faith in the Old Testament and faith in the New Testament, especially regarding saving faith? We hope to see you next time. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.